All right. Thank you so much for joining me for the Natural Wisdom Podcast. I'm Christine Backus, and today is May 16th. We're in the energy of uh, a total lunar eclipse in Scorpio. The, uh, the common thoughts seem to be that we're all tired and wired, or at least some of us are tired and wired. So you may hear that coming through. And I am just so grateful that Emily Trinkus is joining me again today for a cosmic conversation uh, about kind of what's up in the cosmos and uh, what these energies are all about. And we're going to be talking about uh, eclipses, obviously, and kind of a lot of random themes that fit in with the astrology. So thanks, Emily. I'm so glad you're here. Grateful to be here. And I am, I've got the tired and wired plus an eclipse hangover going. So yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we'll see what comes through. Yeah. We're going to dive in and trust the field as you once taught me. Um, So I just want to start with a couple of things. And I guess partly a reminder that the whole purpose of this podcast And in fact, the reason I love astrology, and I think probably you've said the same thing about why you love astrology, um, is that this is about us connecting more deeply to ourselves and to the cosmos. You know, we've been taught that there's just this surface level to the world and it's all mechanical and nothing really cares. And when we dive in deeply to, um, to this particular modality and then all the other ways that we can connect with what's underneath there, whether it's tarot or sitting with a tree and listening to it, we get more in touch with ourselves and we get more here. So that's kind of what we're all about. And so today, what what we'll be talking about, what we're talking about is this energy of this lunar eclipse as kind of our springboard. So uh, early this morning or last night, depending on where you are, on the globe, we had a total lunar eclipse in Scorpio at 25 degrees. And there's a lot going on with it as there always is. Um, But eclipses, I wanna talk for a few minutes um, about what eclipses are all about. Somebody asked me, what's the purpose of an eclipse? And I guess what I would say um, is that it brings to light places that we're holding on to fears or we're holding on to things that keep us stuck and keep us from moving forward. And so eclipses can feel pretty darn radical and pretty darn um, unsettling because wherever these eclipses are happening, and right now since what, November and through May, they're happening in Taurus and Scorpio, um, it's just, it's shaking up the areas of our life that are signified in the chart in uh, in our personal chart by where those signs fall, but it's also a collective shaking up in the issues that that have to do with Taurus and Scorpio. So that's my quick take on it. Emily, what do you wanna add about what's the purpose of an eclipse? What are we dealing with here? So, you know, one way to think about eclipses is that they are extra powerful lunations and the moon has a lot to do with our subconscious or that's one of the things that the moon represents is our subconscious reality and we know that every full moon brings stuff to light brings to light what's been hidden in the subconscious what what we've 
um, maybe avoided or repressed or not wanted to see or not wanted to feel. But if we think of, and let's focus in on a lunar eclipse since we're very much still in that field. So if we think of a lunar eclipse as an extra powerful full moon, and this one was a total lunar eclipse, so very powerful and a super moon, when the um, moon's closest proximity to Earth coincides with a full moon. So this one has a big charge on it. Um, so as not only as a revealing of what's been hidden, but a, a real purging. And I think this one in particular being in Scorpio and on the South Node, which we can get into, um, there's definitely a, a, a purgative aspect to this. So. Eclipses happen every six months and they're like these release points or um, we can also think about them as detox points. And, and during eclipse season, people do tend to get sick more often. So there can be that physical purging as well. And as we know, a lot of, you know, illness is a kind of detox, like get it out of the system, you know, whether through snot or, you know, whatever, like purging something that's become um, toxic, really. And so during eclipses, a, a lot tends to happen. Like another way to think about them is, you know, stuff is always bubbling and happening beneath the surface. And then along comes eclipses and suddenly it's erupting. And, and kind of catalyzing um, what's been building, but maybe behind the scenes or at a more subtle or uh, under, underground kind of level. So, you know, eclipses are historically, they've been associated with fate and destiny and fated events and also events that can seem kind of out of the blue, like out of nowhere, they have a Uranian expect the unexpected kind of energy. But then if we look from the, say, more psychological perspective that, you know, what, what, and this is Jung's idea, right, that what appears as fate is actually just, you know, an eruption from the unconscious. So it seems like, oh my God, that's way out of the blue. But if we had been tuned into what's happening at a deeper level, it, it can make sense in, in that respect. So they, Eclipses tend to correlate to major turning points because what's been hidden has been revealed and then that catalyzes the action that we have to do something about it. This is why we were avoiding it or hiding it or repressing it in the first place because if we acknowledged it, oh shit, then I have to actually change something. So they tend to mark major change points, turning points, um, and, and times of accelerated change, accelerated growth. Um, where there can be a lot of pressure and this kind of pressure to release. And again, this one may be especially because this eclipse was squaring Saturn, which is a planet that works through pressure. And, and Saturn is a great reality check planet. What's really gonna work? What's not gonna work? What is working? What isn't working? What can we fix? What do we just need to let go of? It's not gonna work ever, let it go. Um, so it's this very high pressure time when a lot kind of pops and collectively we'll see that during eclipses, these are times when secrets tend to come out and big deal world events happen. And then in our own lives, we could, you know, if you track eclipse cycles, you can see like, wow, that 
you know, these eclipse seasons tend to correlate with major turning points. And also, um, because eclipses are connected with the north and south node, and that's the, it's the axis of karma, but it also has a lot to do with our relationships and connections and people coming in and out of our lives. And so eclipses are often times when we, we meet someone who has, you know, a, a, a big impact on our life, you know, for, for years, oh, I met my new best friend, or it can also be a, an ending of a relationship, someone significant who's leaving our life. So you'll see big, you know, both breakups and getting together um, on all different levels during eclipse season. And of course, you know, it, it, how powerful an eclipse season is for you personally depends on how those eclipses are interacting with your own chart. So for those who do have a lot um, or, you know, significant points or planets in Taurus and Scorpio, these are going to be big deal eclipses. And this is actually our first eclipse season where we have both eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio. So we had our first Taurus eclipse in this this round um, last November, but the solar eclipse was in Sag. So this is our first like Scorpio Taurus full on, here we go. Um, and we'll have another round of Scorpio Taurus eclipses in um, November, November, oh no, end of October and November. End of October, November. Yeah, November 8th, which we may wanna come back to because that's election day. Mm. But you know, I wanna springboard off a couple of things you said because um, this axis of karma, the north and south node being the axis of karma. So we're working through this Taurus Scorpio karma collectively. And we've been, I've been talking about it and you and I've been talking about it on the podcast now for probably a, um, a couple of months, just because it's just so front and center. And of course, for me, karma, the whole issue of karma is really front and center because I'm in this compassion key training and the the idea, one of the ideas about this compassion key is that we unlock our karma through self-directed compassion. And what, and I've been talking about what karma is, but it's essentially, it's essentially the result of our conditioning, our conditioning in this lifetime, our conditioning collectively, our conditioning, conditioning um, in our heritage and past lives. I mean, however you, you, envision the past. And this whole idea of eclipses being a release point is, it is the way I'm seeing it and feeling it and, and experiencing it is it's such a, eclipses are difficult, but they're difficult partly because as you said, they're showing us what's unconscious. And if we're paying attention, it's showing us where where are we being basically driven from the basement, right? That's what karma is and what conditioning is. It's, a, it's what's running us from the basement, you know? And there's some wonderful statements where Jung's made them um, about what we can't see, what we don't bring out from underneath and underneath the surface is what runs us. And I think it was Jung that said something to the, to the, um, something to the effect that what we don't see that runs us from the basement, we call it fate, right? And that's another way of talking about karma. And, um, and so let's talk a little bit about some of the, um, 
let's talk about some of the themes that we're seeing. So one of them is fear, right? Which I think has been coming up. I mean, it's been coming up just heavily from the last couple of years, maybe touched off by the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, but maybe even before. And now we have Scorpio where we're feeling things intensely. That's one of the Scorpio hallmarks, right? Is that we really feel what's happening. And so fear and power is another one. Um, and I think power is particularly interesting. Well, given what's going on in the news, at least in the US uh, in recent days, uh, is that when we, when we find ourselves being super afraid of something, it means that we're giving our power over somehow to that thing. And in our culture, as I've said, probably ad nauseum, we confuse power with control. And we confuse the idea of what makes us powerful with what keeps us in control. And of course, eclipses are periods of being out of control, particularly when there's south node eclipses in Scorpio. And I, go ahead, were you gonna? I could go in so many different directions from everything you're talking about, but um, but yeah, with this with this lunar eclipse being on the south node, it does tend to bring up. Well, and uh, let's go back to the theme of purging. It's like, okay, what's the purpose of this particular eclipse in terms of what's being purged and what you named about. Um, like what's running the show from the basement. I mean, that's how I think of Scorpio, right? Since Scorpio does represent our deep subconscious and Scorpio is also associated with our wounding and trauma mm -hmm. um, and where we've lost our power in the past, right? So, so we have the South Node moving through Scorpio for about a year and a half. And then as we get these eclipses, they're really, that's, those are the sort of popping off points or the you know, in, intensification points of that that longer process, because the longer process, I think, is a lot about purging what's been hidden within us that, that is trying to control things in a way that blocks us from actually creating our better life, because the North Node in Taurus is about moving into what's going to feel good, like building something solid based on how much I love and value myself, right? Like I deserve, right? Taurus is about deservingness and havingness and worthiness and abundance and beauty ruled by Venus, right? So creating our best, most beautiful world and knowing that we deserve it, that all sounds great, but we all have trauma and you mentioned conditioning. And I think conditioning is a really interesting one in terms of this eclipse too, thinking about Saturn, mm -hmm. squaring this eclipse and Saturn being the planet that represents our family and social conditioning. And, and so like this being a time of like identifying what's limiting, right? Saturn's also about the limits and constraints, like what's limiting me from creating my best life? What is really holding me back? And Typically, you know, well, and you were talking about projecting our, our power, projecting our authority, like we're the ones who hold ourselves back. It's all as, you know, it, what the place where I think most of us come to on the healing journey or spiritual journey is like 
it's all a freaking inside job and I can't blame anyone else for what I'm unable to create in my own life. So this, I, I think that this is a kind of, this eclipse is a kind of reality check around how am I limiting myself based on these old programs, these old unconscious programs. And the gift is getting to see it and, and bringing those fears into awareness and okay, here's what, here's what needs to move and here's what I need to release. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, um, I hesitate to bring this up because it's such a big subject and um, takes a while to do justice perhaps, but when we look at the world stage and particularly in the U S right now, of course, we're going through our Pluto return. And one of the, one of the biggest headlines in the last few days is the Roe versus Wade leaked um, leaked decision, draft decision, which would overturn and send control of um, abortion to the States. And it's touched off quite a firestorm for obvious reasons. It's probably, it's probably about the most controversial subject I, I can envision, at least in our country. It's in the top three, at least. And you and I both, I finally got a, a little bit of time to listen to some of Kasia Urbaniak's call the other night. And of course, you and I have traded some resources. It's an interesting place to see where, in a sense, we've given over our power to people outside of ourselves. And um, the, what I mean by that is there are a couple of people now that have said this very beautifully, um, that we as women, by nature, have the capacity to give or not give life, right? And I, I'm not going into moral decisions or moral um, discussions about it or, or even ideological and I'm not passing judgment one way or the other. I'm just saying that's true, right? When you get down to uh, the most fundamental level of human existence, uh, we are the ones who have the babies as women. And we, over time, have built these structures which aren't real in that they're not something you can touch, right? It's like I've, what I'm realizing is that even our governmental structures are part of the matrix. And we have this matrix that tells us what we can and cannot do. And that matrix is changing its idea of what we can and cannot do. And yet, um, and I'm going to just digress for a moment and say that I used to be a lobbyist in the state legislature like 100 years ago. And one of the reasons I quit lobbying, well, there were two basic reasons. One is I saw that the two parties really were more interested in who got the most power rather than solving the actual problems in front of them. And then the other thing that I noticed when I was lobbying is that there was so much attention, you know, all the newspapers were there. There was so much focus on us as we were working on these laws. And it occurred to me that um, it didn't really have that much impact on people's day-to-day -day lives, is that what we were doing was removed. And yes, I, I'm not, I know that there is definite impact from laws, I get that. But what I was really seeing is that 
um, how I get up in the morning, take a shower, you know, get dressed, have my breakfast, go through my day, talk to people and live is not necessarily changed by laws changing. So if I can come back from my digression without completely losing my train of thought, there's at least a question to examine um, about what's really true in our day-to-day experience about how much true control and true power the authorities out there have versus what we have in our own lives. And I think the, the question that some of this, I mean, this whole pattern of astrology for the last couple of years has been bringing into focus and then giving us the opportunity to think about is where are we, where can we be more responsible for our own lives? Where can we um, pay more attention to our own experience? And where can we kind of like reclaim our sovereignty and our power and then act from that place? And again, it's like, you've got to see the fear, right? And see what it's telling us and then go from there. Yeah. So I want to, I want to share one of my big takeaways from hearing what Kasha was talking about. And I think she's really speaking. She doesn't speak astrology as far as I know, or doesn't speak astrology publicly, but I felt like she was really speaking about the Taurus North node and maybe Uranus being in Taurus because her, one of her points was that when we energetically occupy our own bodies and own our bodies energetically, then we are less affected by, and we, and also we don't get this reflection from, I mean, I think this whole like sort of battle going on in the, you know, collective sphere around body sovereignty is happening as to alert us to the fact that we're not owning our own bodies energetically. We're not occupying our own bodies. That is a huge issue. And why are we not occupying our bodies? Because of trauma, because it's not safe to be in a body. And we have so much, you know, there's the personal trauma, there's, you know, rampant sexual trauma, there's ancestral trauma, you know, just what we inherit from our ancestors who survived, you know, famines and wars and horrible, horrible events. Um, and, And we're all connected. And, and, you know, this is such a huge I mean, I think particularly, in the, maybe not particularly, but this is a big theme in the spiritual world where people want to get out of the body and transcend and find God out there and, and aren't, we're not owning our bodies. And this yeah. is, and I think in terms of this eclipse that just happened um, with Mars as the ruler of the Scorpio South Node, Mars is in Pisces, is conjunct Neptune. We're very much in this Mars-Neptune Pisces thing where it's so easy to get lost, right? Part of the, you know, the South Node really pointing to where where can we sort of lose ourselves and, and get lost? We can get lost in the collective soup of all the chaos and woo, and just like totally leave ourselves. But the North Node is in Taurus, like let's stay in our fields energetically and occupy and own our physical beings 
And then the North Node, or you know, we've got the North Node and the Sun and Uranus all in Taurus, and that's all ruled by Venus in Aries. Like, let's be um, let's be warriors of occupying our bodies, and let's be fierce about really being here and being in our own field and being strong and courageous. Like, it takes courage to be here on this planet like in a real way. I mean, we know like addiction is rampant and, you know, even all the addictions that aren't named as addictions, like watching television or technology being glued to the screen all the time. Those are all addictions. And those are all taking us out of our body. The whole digital world takes us out of our bodies. So how can we like fiercely and you know, with with some effort, maybe like some warrior goddess kind of energy here, really be here. And you know, and I think like when we all occupy our bodies, that makes all this all that stuff irrelevant. And I don't think we'll be getting that reflection of people like telling people what they can and can't do with their bodies. That's just absolutely that's, yeah, that's nonsense. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm so glad you said that because that's, I mean, that whole thing, uh, well, and I, let me back up because I just went in five different directions too. I mean, Uranus went into Taurus, what, in 2019? Is that right? Uranus went um, into- First in 2018 and then it did a little backy forthy. So we've got the seven or eight year period of Uranus and Taurus and Uranus um, is called the Great Awakener, right? And it's it represents- um, sudden change, acceleration, I mean, to some degree, technology, and we've got this, so we've got this weird kind of combination of Uranus, like breaking up, literally and figuratively breaking up our conception of physical life, right, because that is changing quite a bit right now, Um, and yet it's also the place where we're especially with this nodal axis there, it's like, this is the time. It's not the only time in our lives, maybe, but this is the time in our lives for some long period where we get to really wake up to what it is to be a human being in a body. And these eclipses are shaking that up. Right. And I think, and they will continue to. And of course I've talked about this and I think we both talked about this if you're not fully here on earth, if you're not fully here as your body, and I don't even want to say in your body, because I think you spiritual teachings say you're not the body. Well, you are the body while you're here on the, on the earth, right? We are the body. We're spiritual beings and physical beings at the same time. And if we're not really owning that, then we're not owning our talents and our gifts. We're not able to really work in the realm of money because money is a tan it at least buys tangible things if it's not always a tangible thing um love all of those things come with really fully being here and i mean to me it's also and again that's why the podcast exists and we've been talking about that if we don't learn how to own our physical selves and and make peace with being human beings, this earth will continue to suffer, right? The earth misses us. Our bodies are made of the earth. And believe me, she knows when we're not in them. 
Right, right. And, and going back to the theme of power with the Taurus Scorpio axis, right? Our place of power is in the body. That's yeah. our only place of power. Yes. And when we're not owning that, then something else, some, you know, scorpionic hidden entities, whatever, will come in and utilize us. And I, and I think that happens quite literally, like through alcohol, through drugs, like we're, we're detached from our own bodies and then spirits come in um, and utilize us. So it's not, it's like, it, it, it's not a sort of neutral situation. If we're not occupying the body, it can go in a very bad direction. And I think that's also true in terms of what you're saying about our talents, right? Because Taurus represents our resources. So we can think about that on multiple levels. Like it's, it's our money, it's what I own, it's my possessions, it's my, my body, and it's my natural gifts and talents. And I, I'm not the first person to say this. I think it was Michael Mead who I first heard talking about this, but if we're not using our gifts and talents, that what we don't use destroys us, right? It becomes, it's not like, oh, I'm just not gonna do that. That's cool, I'm just gonna watch TV instead and no, no big deal. No, our unused gifts destroy us. They become destructive forces. That's the shadow of Scorpio. That's the South Node in Scorpio, right? So if we're not actually moving toward and cultivating our, our best life, which includes, I mean, one, we've got to be here to, to do that. We have to be in our bodies and cultivating our gifts. And, and I think, you know, this brings up, and I know I've talked about this ad nauseum, but the whole self-worth piece, which I think, and I think with the, you know, represented by Taurus, I think with Uranus and Taurus, it's ideally a breakthrough moment, like breaking through the old unworthiness program that says, I don't deserve to have this. I don't deserve to live a good life. I don't deserve to have love. I don't deserve to receive because Taurus being ruled by Venus is also about receiving and magnetizing and being open to the good things that want to come in. And, and as, if we're not doing that, then we're doing South Node and Scorpio. We're self-sabotaging and we're destroying ourselves and, you know, opportunities and beauty and abundance are trying to come in and we're, we're blowing it up from the basement. We're just yeah. destroying it unconsciously because there's a part of us that feels, I don't deserve this. I'm, I'm unworthy. Yeah, I've got it. So that makes me, I have to share my story from this weekend, you know, so I'm in, you know, what, halfway through this compassion key course, which is actually called the light worker accelerator program. And those who know me know, I hate the word light worker, but that's a, that's too much of a digression. Um, and the, the point is to clear out the karma that keep us from really using our gifts and, and stepping into these crazy professions that we've chosen. So I'm not going to give you the long version of the story, but the short version of the story is that Saturday morning after quite a few of these karmic clearing sessions, including a group session on Wednesday on receiving miracles, uh, I, I, for some reason, I finally got all the ways I have not been able to fully receive in my life because I've always thought it was conditional. I've always thought I had to be grateful or I had to appreciate or I had to give money or I had to give energy. 
And I even realized that even in my time in the wilds, I thought that the trees, yes, they're giving unconditional love, but I had to appreciate them. Or the sun giving us, you know, its warmth and light, but I have, but it's my job to be grateful and to appreciate. So there was never for me, or at least not in my memory, um, an experience of unconditionally receiving love in all its many forms. And I have to say, I don't know how many other people, I don't know how many people this might speak to, but it took me some time as I sat there going, but but how can I just allow receiving? How can I, how can I um, like not be grateful or how can I not appreciate? Isn't that required? And I'll just say one more thing about it. And I saw that somebody raised, yeah. So I'll say just one more thing about it is that I got like in a, not a visual, visual sense, but this idea of giving and receiving being an exchange, which of course is how our world works, right? I give you money, you give me food. I give you an astrology reading, you give me money. That's just how our system is built right now is this one-to-one -one exchange. It's not how the universe works. The sun shines on everybody, right? And the sun gets replenished whichever way the sun gets replenished, but the energy is much more of this big flow all the way out and then all the way back in. And it's not one-to-one. -one. And again, this might not be a revelation for everybody. And it's not, it wasn't so much an intellectual revelation for me, but the feeling of it, of letting go of that idea that I have to be grateful or I have to pay or I have to deserve somehow was huge. And I, you know, I, I attribute it obviously to the work I'm doing in the course I'm in, but the eclipse and that Uranian Uranus and Taurus moment. And, you know, there's a Mercury and Gemini aspect of that too, about the duality. Uh, it was huge. And I think if we could all live from that place, and of course, this is what Charles Eisenstein teaches in his course on living in the gift but for whatever reason, I wasn't able to get it from there. I got the, some of the concepts, but not the lived reality. So that's, that's beautiful. Story. I love it. Great eclipse story. And, and, and that brings me back to the, the solar eclipse that started this <clears throat> cycle, the solar eclipse in Taurus. So a new beginning, like the, and the solar eclipse was conjunct the North node. So this very, you know, positive moving toward the future, new beginning in terms of Taurus themes of our relationship to receiving and abundance and deservingness and worthiness and all of that. And at the time of the solar eclipse, we had that Venus-Jupiter conjunction in Pisces with Mars and Neptune also in Pisces, all about the unconditional love and the unconditional acceptance. And I think you know, when it comes to that Taurus-Scorpio axis, since it is Venus-Mars, right, we are dealing with the Venus-Mars aspect or opposition, right, and the Mars end of things, and this, you know, in, in reality, of course, we need both, it's just that one now is being highlighted, right, so the Mars end of things is where I need to work for it, I need to earn it, 
right? I need to put, I need to effort, I need to struggle, I need to make it happen. And, and of course that's part of life. And sometimes we do need to effort and struggle and work hard and make it happen. But now the North Node is in Taurus ruled by Venus, which is more about, I mean, it's like we can create, right? And, and we can build our lives and we can create good lives without, without, it's like, we don't need to earn it. We just, just by being here, we we're beings of you know we don't we don't earn our body i mean we come in and mom feeds us and it's all right there we we're not earning or working hard for anything and like you said the sun's shining like i'm not making that happen it's happening whether i'm grateful or i don't know <laughs> you know calling it in or not right and taurus is very simple too it's like keeping it simple and, and understanding that we're as as living beings, we're just we're we're here, and life can be really good, and we don't have to sort of hustle or or look for the the deeper, you know, underlying. It can be simple. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, you know one of the other major realizations through this course, and a. Uh, of course, as you know, I have like four planets in Capricorn. So this is really a big realization for me is that it doesn't actually have to be hard. And one of the things that um, has come up over and over in this course is that that's kind of a karma, right? That's a, we've been conditioned to believe that it's not worth it if you don't work hard for it. No pain, no gain. Um, it has to be a struggle. And it's because, and it's, it's because of that very first karma, if you will, karmic conditioning that came. It's the Bible story, right? We lived in the Garden of Eden. Everything came to us. We had everything we needed. The earth is, is heaven and heaven is here on earth. And then somebody decided that they needed to know something they weren't supposed to know. And of course, the, the story gets even worse than that. And there's a long thing in there about women and what's happened with women over the last couple thousand years and the pain that we've been supposed to feel because of that. But the, the bottom line of that Garden of Eden story is that we got kicked out, right? And that there, there is the possibility of a Garden of Eden, and that's maybe what we could be taking away is that it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be a struggle, but that's part of our conditioning is that we have to work hard. And I mean, I came out of the corporate world, right? I mean, our motto was get her done. Our motto was, if it's not working for you, it's because you're not working hard enough. And it's taken me years to break that idea because it's so, we're so saturated with it in our culture. And again, you know, this Taurus and uh, Uranus and Taurus talk about that potential for breakthrough. And I think that's the other piece of Saturn, right? Saturn and Aquarius in this T-square with the this particular eclipse is, is um, giving us an opportunity to break out of the idea of struggle. And then the other, the other piece I'll say astrologically is, is you know, opposite Aquarius to complete this four-way square is Leo, the sign of Leo. So just a quick aside, if you have planets in Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, Aquarius, you've gotten a big activation this weekend. And I've had a couple people come to me because 
that's the case. But so back to the story, this Leo, that's the little child, right? That's the innocent child in the Garden of Eden who just wants to be herself himself. And you put that beautiful creative energy to work as, you know, who I am and what I want to create. And that's the piece that that is kind of missing from the where the planets are that we have to pull in to create the full picture. Yes, again, my mind went many places, but um, one of them was just thinking about you had been talking about conditioning earlier and you know this eclipse is a, a breakthrough and I just you know the, the kind of messaging around like nobody ever said life was fair and there's no such thing as a free lunch and maybe you know all of us could think of things our, our parents told us and how we got programmed and I think it, it a lot of that does come back to original sin right and this program and and again the unworthiness program like there's something wrong with us from the get-go right I mean sex is bad and dirty and wrong based on that, you know, that, that old paradigm, how are we created through sex? So right from the beginning, we're created in, you know, to be bad, we're born to be bad. So we have such an original sin program um, that I think is part of what we're working through because I see Taurus as the garden of Eden, right? Taurus is about, the beauty and abundance of the earth and nature and our bodies. And just, isn't it great that we get to be here and create and play in the garden and enjoy, right? And Taurus is all about the senses and having, you know, pleasure and the pleasure of being in a body. That's the garden of Eden. And, and the North Node in Taurus and Uranus in Taurus, this is about like breaking through and knowing that we have the power to create that. We don't, you know, that's our, that's our divine birthright as the Leo divine child, right? The, the, you know, we inherently have this divinity. We are, we are the divine creators of our reality. And knowing our creative power, I think is a big part of that, that uh, balancing out the T-square. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, you know, I think I've shared this before. I, I have the sense that in a, a way that's almost impossible to explain, we actually are, well, it, it's the line from the Bible, right? But then I don't know a lot of Bible lines, but I know a few. The kingdom of heaven is spread upon the earth, but people cannot see it. It's actually here. It's not gone. Um, it's not, it's, it's like the garden of Eden is still here. It's just that we don't, we get our attention gets drawn off into the news and gets drawn off into the uh, the evil and the nasty and the difficult. And so that, you know how you only see what your mind is set up to see, right? I mean, that's, I call it attunement when we're, when we're trying to get plugged into something. But if we're so caught up in seeing what everybody's telling us is bad or or we believe that things are a struggle, we can't see where they're not. We can't see that ease and that flow and that beauty. And so like on a, on a dimensional level, it's like, it's still here. We just need to get plugged back into it. Which makes me think about this Mercury retrograde because it's, it started out in 
Gemini. So this is about, well, I mean, Mercury, and this is Mercury in its home sign. So it's, it's very powerful, but, you know, Mercury retrograde is always about getting a different perspective, right? And seeing something that we didn't see and sort of backing up to look at something again with, with new sight. And I think especially there's, that potential is especially strong with Mercury being in Gemini and Gemini being about the multiple perspectives and even on a more, um, you know, esoteric level, the multidimensional perspectives and Mercury being the planet that can travel everywhere to all different um, dimensions and Mercury, the magician and the magical power of our minds and language. And so Mercury is starting out in Gemini, but going back to Taurus, it's not going to quite connect with the North Node, but getting closer to the North Node, right? So, so this is about our perception of heaven on earth. But I think, you know, I think this comes back to our bodies because in a sense, our bodies are the earth or how we relate to our bodies is how we relate to the earth. So, and, and so many people have a lot of pain or discomfort in the body, which I think is a way to try to call us back into the body, right? But, but instead, a lot of people end up suppressing that pain and then checking out of the body even more and dissociating from the body. And I think there's a link there. Like if we're not, if we can't occupy and appreciate and really you know, value our own bodies, we're not going to uh, relate to the earth in that way either. Right. Like it's one and the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our, the way we, the way we care for and interact with our bodies directly reflects the way we care for and relate to the earth. And I mean, an obvious example of that is the control structure, right? Most of us are taught that we want to control our bodies. We want to control and fix and control our experience all the way around, which is kind of what, you know, we talked about earlier. And that's how we operate with the earth. We don't want the weeds there. Well, we get out the poison and we try to control it. And it's all about us imposing our will on the earth, just as we impose our will on our bodies. And of course, we have an entire medical system, an entire conventional medical system that's built on that foundation of control. And yeah, I mean, there's well, and this coming back to conditioning, this starts, you know, think about the little kid in school. Can I go to the bathroom? No, you know, (laughs) you need to wait, (laughs) you need to wait till the bell rings and then you can go to the bathroom. Okay. So this, you know, natural prompting of my body telling me I need to do something is I need to control that. And so we're taught from a very young age to shut down yeah, the, the natural messages from our body that that are trying to tell us how to optimally care for our bodies, and instead yep. we need to shut it down and dissociate, and and yep. and it's it's a journey to to come back. And um, from an Ayurvedic standpoint, every time we do that, we create a little trauma in the body, right? And that's it's actually one of the the rules, right, of staying healthy, according to Ayurveda, is always obey your natural urges, whether it's for sex or going to the bathroom or eating or sleeping. Um, and of course, you know, this is, you're going to work with them a little bit if you're way out of balance, but those, it's like a cardinal rule. You obey the natural urges because the body is wise. The body 
has the intelligence. And I have to say, like for myself, there are times when I'm I'm sitting, you know, on my computer focused. I have to I have to pee, but but I I, I notice I'll like, no, I need to fit it. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Like just get up and pee. Like, why am I not like it's so ingrained yep. to dismiss or ignore like simple bodily needs. Like, no, I need to get this done. Like, really? I can't take five minutes or 30 seconds, actually. <laughs> well, and I, and I think my next episode in two weeks, I think it's going to be all about food because this is just on my mind. And it's a tourist thing, although I don't know that it'll still be tourist season, but the no, it'll still be there. But our relationship with food is an exact mirror of our relationship with the body and the earth as well. And it's the same thing, right? I mean, we, we get programmed to think of food as fuel. It's our connection with the planet. We eat food and we create human consciousness from earth consciousness. It's magic. Well, and again, talk about dissociation because many of us had unpleasant experiences as children around food, whether it's the like, you know, dinner table, um, tension and fighting and whatever, we're like eating and just like, um, or you have to eat this or you can't eat that. Or, you know, so there's like to actually be present while eating is not familiar territory for a lot of people. Or it's like, oh, I just need to grab this while I'm driving and on the go. And so, so then we don't really get, as you know, like we don't really get nourished Right. And then we want to eat more and more or eat, you know, eat crap or whatever. And I think I would, I would love for you to do something focused on food. Cause I know, I mean, this eclipse is right on my sixth house Neptune. And I feel like food addiction and emotional eating and anxiety, eating comfort, eating, whatever is an ongoing theme for me. That's, you know, um, you're not it's alone. A, it's a thing. And I know it. Yeah. And I know it's not just me. It's a, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, what I'm thinking, gosh, I feel like we could talk for another hour, but one of the things I I wanted to sort of maybe wrap a little bit and say, you know, just from my perspective, the wrapping up is that there is not a more important time to start working through some of these karmic imprints or conditions or beliefs or whatever you want to say whatever you want to call them about our relationship with our bodies and the earth and food and, uh, and the material world in general. I mean, I think it's ripe. We're ripe for, for working with that trauma and it's so critical. Yeah. And just to say too, that, that to, you know, work through all of that, it can be very simple, right. Moving toward Taurus and slowing down and feeling our bodies and and taking the risk of sharing our talents because as we do the Taurus path, it's gonna naturally bring up the Scorpio shiznit. We don't need to go hunting for, (laughs) you know, hunting down the rabbit hole. No, we just need to do the simple Taurus things like, oh, what what if I did, you know, go for a walk instead of like powering through that, you know, spend another six hours on the computer to power through this? What if I actually took a moment to take care of my body and eat a nourishing meal slowly and go for a walk and then come back to it? Oh, that's good. What's, what's that going to trigger in me? Like all those things, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not working hard enough or blah, 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 right? So, so we can keep it 
simple. And then that, that ongoing practice of, am I really here? Am I really feeling my body? Okay, can I notice any sensations right now? Um, oh, okay, I have this, whatever, you know, just coming, coming back and letting it be really simple. Um, and then the old stuff will arise and keep coming back to the body. And that's how we release a lot of that old trauma is by continually loving our bodies where they're at and giving our bodies what they need and really, you know, honoring ourselves at that very basic level. And that's, I think that's really key to purging the old programs and conditioning. It's like, it's, this is Taurus land, it's earth. We can't just think our way through it. We have to actually demonstrate to the body, you know, and that, and that changes the programs. Yeah. Awareness and compassion, right? Those are the two forces of the universe, awareness and compassion. And if we, if we're able to continue to give compassion for what comes into our awareness, it, it, it's, I mean, it's the way it's the magic. So <laughs> with all of that said, um, I do want to give you a minute, Emily, because you have so many cool offerings out there right now, and I'm, I'm creating some, but they're not out there yet. I wanted to mention that you just did a class on Jupiter moving into Aries. And so if people for the astro nerds, or at least partial astro nerds out there that want to know what it's kind of what that's about for um, a big planet like that to shift signs, you've got that class. Um, and also for the people that want a really thorough download on this eclipse and the, and the whole full moon and lunar eclipse, you just did that great recording on that. That's, and this is all on your website. And I also want to present, and then I'll shut up and let you talk about these, but I really want to present your podcast because you are taking on, um, well, you're taking on sacred cows and you're putting out a perspective with people that have been, you know, that are heretics, right? You're actually bringing some of these heretics and giving them a forum. And regardless of what people think and what their opinions are, I'm, I think it's so critical right now that we allow space for other truth, right? Other perspectives. And you've got some brilliant people that have done a lot of research. And I know it's taken a hell of a lot of courage to do that. And I just want to put that out there and say, thank you for doing it. Thank you for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm purging my heretic fears and persecution fears through this eclipse cycle. Um, yeah, the, the Jupiter, so Jupiter, we didn't even talk about Jupiter and Aries because there's so much else going on, but I, I love the Jupiter and Aries energy. And, and for those who don't know, Jupiter will be in Aries on and off for the next year, mostly, mostly in Aries for the next year. And, and this is about a big rebirth and really having the courage to reinvent ourselves and to have this perspective of clean slate. Like it's so easy to go cynical and, oh my God, everything's going to shit and there's nothing I can do and forget it. Why bother starting anything when everything's dying? You know, and Jupiter and Aries is coming in and saying, no, like we have faith in the rebirth and that we can start over. And even something, someplace where we felt stuck or just felt like, 
I totally failed or I'm, you know, <laughs> no, imagine that you have a clean slate and, and anything is possible. That's the Aries, you know, Aries is the fool in the best sense, right? Like, like seeing the world from that totally fresh, innocent perspective. So yeah, I did a, a 90 minute webinar about that and I've, I've gotten feedback that is inspiring from, especially for my Jupiter and Aries friends um, of whom I have many. And uh, another thing I do wanna mention is that I just started a class called Saturn and Beyond, which some people here are in where we're doing a deep dive into Saturn and the outer planets in the birth chart and also talking about aspects. Even though it's a five week class, it just started last week. It's not too late to jump in. Um, it's like in a sort of a, an intermediate advanced beginner kind of level, or if you're more advanced and want to, you know, uh, I don't know, get a different perspective or get my perspective on all of that. It's very fun. Um, and yeah, and um, my podcast is my uh, playground of exploring my own my own heresy and um, <laughs> and just wanting, I, I wanted a, a venue for looking at the bigger picture stuff. Since, since my, I feel like my forte in my work is a lot about what's the energy of now? How can we best navigate? And then helping people individually, how can they best navigate based on their own birth chart? But I wanted a, a forum in which I could explore like the bigger collective unfolding. So yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, I love that. And I, I'll tell you, I'm sure I've said this before, but I started saying this a couple of years ago that disinformation or misinformation, whatever the current term is, is the new heresy. It's, I mean, the, yeah. So yeah. And I had, I mean, I, I, I tend to attract in terms of astrology students, I've attracted many who feel like they've done past lives as, you know, witches, heretics, burnt at the stake. Um, of course, like attracts like. And um, and I used to say when I was teaching, that's not happening in this lifetime. It's safe to come out. And now I'm like, um, oops. <laughs> um, but I say it's still safe to come out because what the hell? Like, why not? We're we're here to live our truth and speak our truth. And and as far as I could tell, there's not still burning at the stake might be kind of new, but you know, yeah. So yeah, I'm glad. And, and honestly, you know, when people like you come out with your heresy and are willing to um, speak up, then people like me get a little more courage to do the same. And it, it's, it's, it's what allows all of us to support each other is when somebody takes that step and Jupiter and Aries, right? Go, go for it. It's time to be ourselves, to have the courage to be ourselves. Yeah. And as I think it was Oscar Wilde who said, you know, why not be yourself? Everyone else is taken. So <laughs> be our true selves. On that note, thank you so much for joining me. This has been just a blast. Um, so uh, again, I'll put links to Emily's website and some of these classes in the show notes. And uh, you can go to the, the Natural Wisdom Podcast and look at the episode if you want to go find that. Please share it with your friends. Um, if you want to support the podcast, I have a Patreon site and I'll put that link in the, with the notes as well. And I just want to say thank you again 
to the people who actually joined us live today. We're gonna to stop in a moment and then take questions and conversation. And then I also wanna say thank you to all of you who are listening. Uh, it's very much appreciated that I love having an audience to be able to just talk about these wonderful things. And uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much, Christine. Thank you, Emily. It's a pleasure. So much fun. Yeah. Appreciate you going on yeah. this journey with me.